Welcome everyone to Just Crypto. My name is Vanessa and we have a fantastic show for you today. We've got a leader from the Cardano community here to talk about the bull case for Cardano. As you all know, Just Crypto is all about honest conversations with creators, builders and artists within the crypto community. And our purpose here is to elevate the humanity behind those who are driving our community forward. But today, our special show is around the bull case on Cardano. Uh, before I introduce our amazing guest here, I do uh, want to remind everyone that uh, nothing here is financial advice. So we're going to be talking about Cardano, of course, but uh, this is not a... a asking anyone to purchase Cardano. Uh, this is strictly for education, for entertainment. Please don't take financial advice from anyone on YouTube or Twitter. It's generally a bad idea. Um, so I am honored here to be um, sharing the, the stage here with uh, Rick McCracken, who is a leader in the Cardano community, as I mentioned. He's a project manager at Drip Drops. He's a Cardano stake pool operator, a systems engineer at Progeny Systems, a US Navy senior chief, uh, father of an awesome family, four kids with a lovely wife, and a taco connoisseur. So Rick, uh, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Thank you, Vanessa. And thank you for having me on. And this is one of my favorite things to do. Uh, you know, when markets turn bare, sometimes people get a little upset. But what really uh, helps people get through it is it's the people. And thank you to all the viewers who are uh, here today as well. And feel free to ask us questions later on as needed. If we can answer them, we'll try. If we can't, we'll point you in the right direction. Yeah, 100%. Um, and just to, to shout out to all the people who have popped into chat to say hi, uh, you know, we will take questions as we go. So please uh, let us know who you are and that you're here. Uh, Accelerate Profits, good morning. Uh, good morning to you as well. Uh, Neil, it's great to have you here. Uh, just such a blessing that I've seen you pop up in a couple different shows already. Um, Gary, it's been a while. Uh, Rick, did you promise to be nice today? Yes, right? I, yeah, I promise to behave. To, no, I don't promise anything, but I'll try to behave today. I'll try <laughs> to behave. Who knows what's going to happen in the next couple hours? I might not behave. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so no promises. I'll give you that, but... Gary. <laughs> uh, Brandon, good morning. Uh, great to have you here. Uh, Simplified Crypto also, good morning. Um, and yeah, Neil saying Cardano, the first crypto he ever bought. Uh, so this is uh, fantastic. Great to have you here. Um, well, so we're, we're about to get started, but before we jump in, uh, you know, there's going to be folks from uh, a lot of different blockchains that, that may be tuning in. So... Tell us a little bit about your journey, Rick. You know, how did you come to crypto? How did you come to Cardano? Um, yeah, just let us know. Okay, cool. So uh, I'll, I'll rewind it a little bit. Um, so I'm, I'm retired Navy, former Navy. I'm no longer active duty Navy. Uh, 23, 23 years active duty Navy. Apologize for the dogs barking. There's got some puppies here. They're, they're on their way out. Um, so uh, former Navy uh, Seer Chief uh, did acoustic analysis, operations, weapons, tactics, all kinds of cool stuff. Loved it. It was great stuff. Uh, then I worked for Progeny Systems for about 12 years where I was mostly trainer, instructor, but also uh, systems engineer, scrum master, where I was taking user feedback, getting it back into the system, uh, make sure it was deployed out to the developers where they could implement the features that the users were looking for enhancements and stuff like that. And uh, it was a lot of fun. I loved it. I loved working for Progeny. Gosh, best company in the world. It was so hard to, it was so hard to let go. I love the folks there. And uh, yeah, so for any developers that get the bear market blues, you check out Progeny, man. It's a freaking great place to work. I think we should rename the show the bull case for Progeny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, it is in a bear market. It might be that, that might be the case. Uh, and and then, uh, then drip drops. Um, well, of course, I transitioned out of progeny and just got into heavy podcasting with Cardano Live. I had some 
uh, some YouTube videos over on my Digital Fortress vi uh, channel, which were more like instructional, which I'm going to get back more to doing that, like back to the basics during the bear market so that people can see, oh, this is how you use crypto. This is how crypto works. So I'm going to get back into the fundamentals and the basics over there. And uh, then uh, and then on to drip drops uh, where I've been doing project management the last year. I'm going to shift more into an advisory role because uh, there's massively talented people over drip drops and they got all the bases covered. And um, I want to shift back over to the podcasting side. And I also want to kind of direct my attention towards uh, legislation coming up through the next year uh, as with respect to cryptocurrencies, I want to kind of key focus in on that uh, because it's going to be critical. Uh, 2023 is going to be critical to getting positive legislation that's supportive of crypto. You got to keep an eye on all politicians from all political parties, both state and federal levels, uh, because of the way they kind of have to work. It's just a, a messy goop of stuff. And there, you'll get some really good stuff in a bill. There were some bills put forward uh late 2022 um it had a few things in there that may be beneficial but also had some things in there that were not so good uh same thing happened in the la latest la the last legislative session in 2021 where they sneak some definitions so i'm going to keep an eye on the legislators and provide inputs in a, with tact and diplomacy to try to gain uh positive uh, results or crypto. And I love Brian Armstrong. I've read some of the stuff that he wrote and I'm like, Oh my gosh, dude, you're writing what I've been thinking and saying. And he encapsulated it extremely well uh, in some documents. So that was some good stuff. I'm kind of going off topic, but you know, I I'm excited. Thank you for having me on Vanessa. Yeah. It's, it's great to have you. And for, uh, you know, maybe just to, to get to know your journey a bit more, like how did you come to crypto? Like when did you first discover it and what was your first uh, crypto coin? Okay, so my first crypto coin was Bitcoin, but it was also a coin called Netcoin, which doesn't really exist anymore. And uh, I first, my my son knew more about Bitcoin, and I learned a little bit from from him. And my other son got involved, and, and I was like, "This is really interesting." So, what really got my attention in 2014, 2015? You know, I didn't have a lot of money. I, I was in debt. I was like your average American. You got a house payment, you got a truck payment, blah blah blah. You got a 401k, you're throwing some money in there. You hope it kind of someday adds up to something useful. So, and, and, and I saw this type of money. And at the time, Bitcoin was like uh, $250. Ethereum was at about 60 bucks. And I, I picked up a Bitcoin. You know, I got a, I got a Casasius, the physical coin. I got an electronic. I got like 0.8 of a Bitcoin. And, that was in 2015, 2016 timeframe, 2015 timeframe, I think. Um, I was picking up little bits here and there. And I was like, this is interesting. How do you make a digital object that can't be counterfeited? It can't be duplicated. It can't be censored. Like I started reading that. I, I didn't like, it wasn't like the history of money and all that crazy stuff. It was like, how do you do that? Why can't I just right click save? Why can't I just copy paste? How do you do that? So I, I started reading and reading and reading and understanding a little better. Um, my sons were really the drivers behind it. The young guys, uh, innovative, you know, out there exploring the world and doing stuff. And uh, and we started doing some proof of work mining. They primarily did the proof of work mining. And I kind of follow along. I was like, yeah, I want to see how this shit works. And they would tell me, you know, what works. It was, it was really cool. 
Um, so I did some Netcoin mining on my laptop. We had some GPU miners running around here, uh, mining Feathercoin, Darkcoin, and, and my son was trading it on eBay. Like back when you could do that, you can't do that anymore. Yeah. And I was like, man, people really want this stuff. Number go up, number go down. Uh, so it was really cool. That's what really got me into it. And um, the proof of stake cryptocurrencies, I was, I was tracking on EOS. Uh, Tezos, I had visibility on Tezos. Um, I didn't hold any of the tokens or the coins, the primary layer one coins, but I was reading into them and, and Cardano popped up. Um, and so, and I got kind of, I kind of dove a little deeper into Cardano. I still had Bitcoin and Ethereum, but those were my primary coins. Then I started kind of trading over to uh, ADA, uh, some ERC-20 tokens and stuff like that. Um, and, and then it all took off from there. And then I kind of like, I, like I said, I like the focus. So I was like, well, this Cardano tech, their approach looks really good. Um, I've been in technology my entire life and I know good when I see it. Yeah. Right. I don't need to understand the micro details. I know good when I see it. And I was like, this looks good. I'm going to hammer away at it. I'm going to focus on this one and kind of drive it home. So anyway, that's, that's uh, how I got into crypto. And now well, I think let's... all the way in. I'm all in, <laughs> 100%. Let's use that as a great uh, jumping off point because, you know, you, you said Cardano looked good. Uh, let's dive into the bull case for Cardano and what about it looks good, you know, today. I know you've got some stuff to share with us as well, um, but I'm going to turn it over to you and, and let you, you know, argue the case for why, why Cardano is, uh, you know, a, a strong uh, technology, a, a, a strong uh, set of decentralization and the, the ability to drive the, the crypto world forward. You bet. Okay. I, I could go all day. I'll, I'll go as long as I can. So <laughs> if I wear you out, let me know. Okay, the bull case for Cardano, it's the people, the people, the people, the people. I can't hammer that point any more strongly than that. You have a massively diverse, massively talented, vast group of people uh, with incredible skills and incredible likes and desires out there. Um, I saw this demonstrated last year. I went to four different events, technically five different events. I went to uh, Consensus, CNFTCon, Rare Bloom and the Cardano Summit all through 2022. So the bull case for Cardano is already built. It's not what's coming. It's what's already done. Uh, so through mid-2021, through late 2021, as the market peaked out and started to turn bearish, Cardano didn't care. People just kept going. He just kept building, 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 kept doing events, kept doing podcasts, kept gathering more YouTubers, uh, people on social media. Um, because... The technology is solid. You can feel safe using Cardano. You can feel safe holding ADA. You can feel safe staking ADA. That makes for a very solid technology uh, for people to get in there and say, I'm not going to get completely destroyed because someone stole it, right? Uh, I mean, anyone can be hacked. Anyone can be social engineered, but just well, by let's it. let's unpack that solid technology for for just a second because I think you mentioned it a couple times how it's solid. Like, what makes Cardano solid versus you know anything else that's out there? Okay, I wanted to hit on the people, but I'll hit on the technology too since you're the host. Uh, so, what makes the the technology solid is the research started around 2015, 2016. The mainnet started was being built out and deployed in September of 2017. And the, there's a plan at Cardano. It's not like people are just grasping at straws, right? 
It was designed to be built and deploy as a federated system. At the core foundation as a proof of stake system, the stake from the Genesis block was already distributed. So the Genesis block was launched with the stake already in the hands of multiple different entities, right? Spread out. Um, and there's a reason for that. It's described in the research papers. I don't remember all the details, but the, the key feature was you didn't want to have one central point where someone had more than some percent of the stake, 33% or 51% of the stake, right? So you had to start off with a distributed uh, ledger uh, with the stake being distributed. And then that was the era of the federated system where it went from 2017 through 2019 as a federated system, actually through mid 2020 as a federated system where the nodes were run. There were seven different nodes run primarily by IOG, uh, with Genesis keys held by Emergo IOG and uh, the Cardano Foundation. And then, uh, as according to plan, although the timeline stretches, it always does, right? That, that was the rollout plan was, you know, 2018, 2019. It moved to 2019 and then actually deployed to mainnet in 2020. Um, it was all very well laid out. It was very methodical. Uh, Cardano is so well thought out the network parameters are tunable. So at the layer one level, right? And it's not even done being built yet. Right now we are only in the, uh, we're in the middle of the Gogan, near the end of the Gogan era, which is the smart contracts and just getting to the very beginning of the Basho era, which is the scalability where you're gonna get more interoperability and higher throughput. And that era, so I can get into that era later on. Um, that's that's one of the things that makes me very bullish about Cardano is it's a very well laid plan. There is a plan here. The plan is being executed. There are 168 different researchers who do this research on Cardano. It's not a small number of people. Uh, and University of Edinburgh, not just IOG, but the folks from University of Edinburgh, University of Aston, University of Tokyo, uh, Wyoming, now Stanford University, um, researchers from all over these different places, different companies like Twig, Runtime Verification, M-Labs, uh, and now DC Spark. So you got these uh, different researchers and engineers at various levels doing all of the work ahead of time saying, what should we build and how should we build it, right? And they're laying all this out ahead of time. And then where we're at now, the current state of the network is from the research from two and three years ago, right? It's not like it was code fast and break things. I mean, there's, there are some benefits to code fast and break things and that has its strengths and weaknesses. And there's some benefits to do the research and get it built right and deploy it right. Uh, and the trade-off is, is it slower? Hell yeah. It's def it definitely takes more time. Definitely takes more time. Is it worth it? It's worth it to me. Can't speak for anybody else. It's worth it to me. Uh, so that that's all I'm going with. Um, awesome. Well, I, I love the, the kind of background of it being solid. It kind of built on a research foundation that takes you know years, not, not weeks or, or sprints to, to develop. Um, I, I did interrupt you talking a bit about the people. So I want to maybe shift back to that. And if you could talk a bit more, I mean, you mentioned the, the builders and the conferences that were going on, but maybe let's linger on the people for a little bit. 
Yeah, sure. So that's what makes me the most bullish. I've gone all these different uh, events last year. Actually, the, my first event was Plutus Plutus Fest in 2018. It was December 2018. Uh, we had a there may have been 200 attendees in total, and the majority of the attendees were engineers and researchers, uh, and then a smaller number of community members. Right, and over time, as these events continued, you saw still the engineers and researchers, but you saw the community builders showing up, right? Uh, the developers who are building on Cardano showing up to these events. Then you get more and more community members showing up. And then last last year, so at Consensus, you had two different events. You had the IOG booth at Consensus, or the, the Cardano booth at Consensus, um, which had a massive number of people. If you went there, you'd be like, holy crap, it, it's the most crowded booth in the building. Right. There's just people all over the place watching the lace wallet demonstrations, the cornucopias demonstrations. So you get, you know, wallets, you got metaverse, you got NFTs, all these different things going on. We even had our own event across the street a couple of days prior to the main consensus events, um, which was a, a huge turnout there, too. So I don't want to say the word huge turnout too much. And so that was in early 2022. Then later that summer, in, we had uh, CNFTCon, and there were 3,500 uh, attendees, users who showed up, 145 different booths, hundreds of different uh, project founders, and it wasn't just NFTs. So this was called CNFTCon. When I got there, I was dumbfounded. There were FT projects. Uh, fungible token projects, DEX projects, uh, like Meld was there. You had Clay's, you had JPEG Store, you had the NFT marketplaces that were there. Um, Patrick was there. Sebastian from Milkomata. Uh, Milkomata is the layer two EVM uh, solution on Cardano. And so Milkomata bridges over to Algorand. Um, so there's that bridging solution that Sebastian and Nico built. They were all there. They were all there. There were... Uh, uh, January Walker was there, Utah politician, and there was there was just it was CNFTCon just totally knocked my socks off, like it was crazy. Uh, all the different we had Ergo, so Ergo had uh, both NFT projects and FT projects, ZenGate, uh, Blitz TCG, uh, Sky Harbor guys were there, so there was a ton of Ergo people at CNFTCon. Um, Fungible token projects, DEX projects, uh, NFT projects, the whole genie gig. I, I loved it. It was freaking amazing. I was like, holy crap. Then uh, a week, two weekends later, we had Rare Bloom. And there was still a massive turnout. Some of them were also people who had been to CNFTCon, but there were also other uh, projects that had not been to CNFTCon at Rare Bloom. And more announcements, more new stuff being demonstrated like lace wallet uh that that is uh based off of mithril and all that other cool stuff uh was there and then a month later we had cardano summit 2022 which was a which was a global there was like hundreds of places throughout the globe i went to the washington dc so you had uh based out of switzerland you had the primary stage and the primary presentations coming out of switzerland uh, from uh, core developers, community developers. And then we had the satellite locations all over the world in countries throughout the world, Con you know, every continent except for Antarctica, for crying out loud, 
uh, was represented at the Cardano Summit 2022. And it's only going to get bigger. It's just going to get more and more. And the talent of people is, is amazing uh, with both the developers who are creating the products on Cardano and the participants and the users who have uh, an incredible array of personalities and likes and dislikes. And it just makes Cardano for a very interesting ecosystem. I find the people so interesting and that's the cool part. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. So, so I mean, I, I can hear the enthusiasm coming through in your voice just as you you kind of talk about uh, the diversity and, and the number of people within the community who are excited enough to come to a conference and talk about Cardano. Um, so we've talked a bit about people in the community and the, the kind of breadth of the community. You've talked a bit about the technology and the protocol and why it's solid. Uh, what else should should we, we consider as we think about the bull case for Cardano? Okay. So the, uh, the, the already well-established... Uh solid foundation you know there is a massive number of people i know there's some stats you could look at the numbers and say uh there's 1.8 million active wallets or 1.2 almost 1.3 million active wallets about a hundred thousand uh per epic are actively doing things on the chain uh buying selling trading nfts fungible tokens um uh buying selling ada whatever it is they're doing and so you have you have that Going on the going on currently, um, there's three three point eight million uh, addresses. Um, now that doesn't mean there's three point eight million people. It doesn't mean there's one point two million people. I did some Twitter polls, and my best estimate is it comes out to maybe between eight hundred thousand and a million people that are visibly where you can see they're doing stuff. Now, if mm. there may be other hundreds of thousands of people behind the exchanges who use the exchange only so a lot of people who are new to crypto um they they may want the safety of an exchange so they stick with the centralized exchanges and they say uh i don't understand the self-custody thing yeah i think you that's how it is. safety how, how do you feel the first time you made a 12 word word seed word, word passphrase right um people are used to using banks and stuff like that so yeah uh, there's so you got a number of people. So you, you have that. Uh, what was the question again? I'm sorry, I kind of yeah. Just so so you know, expanding out from um, the the foundations and and the people to uh, you know what what else should we look at as we we consider Cardano as a as a chain that's blossoming? Uh, you know, perhaps one thing you can talk to a little bit is around the the DApps that are built on top of it. And... Thank you for that. Okay, that gets me on track. So what what can we look at? Can I do my screen share? I've got uh, Cardano Cube pulled up over here. Yeah, let's absolutely do that. So, uh, you know, shows the great preparation. Thank you, Rick, for preparing a, a bunch of stuff as well for the show. Yeah, you bet. You bet. I didn't make slides, but the web browsers already, they already got all the data out there. And while you're pulling it up, just want to say hi to a few folks. If you want to go ahead and screen share, Rick, I'll get it on the screen in a second. Um, okay. Oh, yeah, I got to click uh, Good to have you. Uh, Cardano with Paul, uh, great to have you on this live stream as well. Uh, no worries, Sokarin. Um, the full recording will be available, so you're, you're welcome to kind of jump ahead or kind of be where you are. Flathead, welcome, welcome. Uh, Alex, it's uh, great to have you here as well. And if you are watching along live and you have any questions or just want to say hi, uh, please go ahead and pop something in chat. We're uh, very friendly here. Um, awesome. So, uh, and <laughs> hi, Mike. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for the comment. Um, I'll turn it over to you, Rick, if you could. Uh, I know you've got a, a number of different things to talk about here. Um, I think maybe making this one a little bit bigger, maybe uh, zooming out to show the, the the plethora of projects that are on Cardano. But... Okay. 
All right, so uh, I'll start from here and then I'll zoom in so the viewers can see it. Okay, so these are this website is Cardano Cube. So it's cardanocube.io. Uh, you can see it up there in the URL. So if you want to check out all the different projects, and what I'll do is I'll go through this. This is one of many aggregators that can show you all the different products available on Cardano. Uh, C Explorer also has many listed there as well. So I'm going to zoom in here a little bit so you can see it better. Um, uh, let me actually get in a little bit tighter. Okay, hopefully that's easy on the eyes. Uh, so what we have here is if you look at these projects, okay, so you have utility projects and then NFT projects. Now, the Cardano ecosystem has gotten so big that Cardano Cube had to break these out into different categories, right? So under utility projects, if you see these little dots here, I just, I had to ask on Twitter this morning and Empower answered me. The little, green means it's deployed on mainnet. So if you get a green dot, you're deployed on mainnet. If you got a yellow dot, it's on testnet. So you see like Binet uh, right here, Binet Dex, it's on testnet. Red dot means it's in development. So all these ones with green dot. So here's here's all the different DEXs. This is what makes me super ultra bullish. Uh, is look at this uh, for DEXs, for example. You got MinSwap, Sunday, Blue Shift, Cardax. Dexada, ADAX, DeFire, MusiSwap, and Occam. All appear on DEX liquidity. Um, we have Liquid launching next week. You have Teddy Swap launching shortly. I don't see Teddy Swap listed on here. Now, the ones that are listed on here, yeah, Teddy Swap isn't shown on here. But um, the so the ones showing on here are the ones with the, where people volunteered the information and said, "Hey, I want to get listed on your website, right?" And uh, they submit their data. And so you get if you want to put your data up, so go over here to Cardano Cube, and there's a link. You click on this Add a Project link, and you can get your you can get your project listed and what i call them is products a project is to me is in progress it's trying to get somewhere but when it's released i call it a product so this is a MinSwap product axo uh is probably i don't know when they're releasing sometime soon genius yield oh they released the, uh one of their products they have more products to come so you have uh all the ones shown here oh there's teddy swap i missed that the ones right there um Occam, Muesli. Let me think. I don't know if uh, I'm forgetting any. I don't see Indigo on there. I think they fall down, on, down below under a different one. Um, you got all these different wallets. Now, the reason I think wallets are so important is because this is the user's viewport into Web3. Like We use this web browser to handle our Web2 related activities. Uh, the wallet is what connects you into your Web3, gives you a viewport. Now, if you're new to Cardano, there's some very easy wallets to use like NAMI, uh, NAMI, where's the NAMI? I know it's on here. Anyway, uh, if you're new to Cardano, NAMI is very easy. Uh, it looks and works like MetaMask. Jira wallet, very simple, very elegant, high tech. I've got all of them up here in my web browser. I've got all the wallets installed. Plus, uh, I got Nautilus for Ergo. I got my MetaMask for Ethereum, a couple others. Um, I don't have Begin Wallet installed yet. Ada Lite, that one's a uh, that's a web browser only where you connect your Trezor, your Ledger, and so on. So you got a, a, all these different wallets, and you got the Dataless Full Node Wallet. So you have a, a huge array of wallets to select from, and they all support uh, Ledger and Trezor as well. So that's pretty cool. Lace to be coming out um, sometime sometime later this year. I don't remember when. Uh, and then in the DeFi. 
aside from here's Dex liquidity. So we come down here to DeFi, and here's where you have your Indigo. All these in the green. They're deployed on mainnet. Indigo, A Starter, uh, Ray, Atomic, Spectrum, B58, Legidity, Vi-Fi. Uh, you got all the dis different infrastructure. One of my favorites, Ada Handle, and another massive infrastructure, World Mobile. Incredibly large infrastructure there. They're going to be launching their Aerostat uh, sometime. I don't know when, but that's coming up. They have a, a, they have active customers using their products already in Africa. Um, and also in infrastructure, you got DC Spark. These guys are killing it. I'm like bullish on DC Spark. They don't have a token. If they had a token, man, I'd be like I'm pretty bullish on that. Um, huge builders, community builders. This is run by uh, Nico Aqueros and Sebastian Guillermo. Um, Clarity Protocol, all these are up and running. So all these ones with the green dots. You got my boys over here, Drip Drops. Um, Ada Handle's really cool. Sub Handle's coming out later this year. Uh, trading Tent. And a bunch of others. I don't see Lending Pond on here in Optum. Uh, they might fall under Lending and Borrowing. Uh, so Optum, Optum's not on here. Uh, but you have Nexo Gucci, Lending Pond Fluid, and AADA all up and running. Meld has a, they have a, their website. You can connect your wallet over there, but they got stuff they're deploying later this year. Liquid is showing as in Testnet. Uh, that one should be yellow. They're deploying to mainnet next week. Uh, Gucci is where you can short NFTs. Uh, and then you got all these different uh, different launch pads. Um, Occamfy, I know. Occamfy Genius X launch pads are up and running. If there's no dot, I don't know what that means. Like some of these, uh, I don't know what they're doing. Uh, but Singularity Genius Occam, right? And you got all these different marketplaces. So I just go through here. Go check out that website. It's pretty awesome. Look at all these payments and stable coins we got here. Um and for folks who are looking up, I put the website address in the chat as well, so you can you can see it there. Um, wow, thank you, Rick. It, it seems like there's just a, a ton of different projects in each area. There was a question that Neil asked. I'm wondering if you have thoughts on it. He said, "Are there maybe too many dexes?" Uh, no, it depends. Like on what's people's flavor. Can you have too many banks? You know what I mean. What if there's only three banks to pick from? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I think I think it's a fair point. Uh, you know, I guess um, it's slightly different There's... as as liquidity is uh, in is spread in different places. Actually, let's talk a bit about liquidity because one of the things you'll hear people talk about often is TVL, total value locked uh, mm -hmm. in in DeFi, and uh, often this is in, in comparison to chains like an Ethereum or an Arbitrum or a Solana. And they look at Cardano and compare the market pack, uh, cap of Cardano to the amount of TVL. And Cardano doesn't tend to feature as highly. And I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit to that. Um, yeah. So as far as TVL, I never cared about TVL, not because Cardano doesn't have high TVL, but I don't care what other people do with their money. They can do whatever they want. I don't care. So that's just me. Um, <laughs> uh, TVL has been faked. It's been proven on Solana. There's people out there that stack TVL on top of TVL and TVL. Too. I don't care what other people do with their money. They can do whatever they want with it. Now, in Cardano, if you wanted to count TVL, here's the cool thing. Cardano has like, uh, it's 74% staked, 74% of a 13 billion market cap. So you're looking at $9 billion worth of ADA is staked, not locked because it's liquid. Everywhere else, all, almost all these other proof of stake chains, you have to lock your tokens for some period of time. You never have to lock ADA. 
explain that to folks. So, you know, people okay. might be familiar with, you know, on Solana, you have, you, you know, you go ahead and, and you stake it, but you, you can't use it. Uh, and in order to uh, be able to use Solana and still get staking rewards, you'll, you'll need to uh, use a liquid staking derivative as an example to do that. And that's very common on other chains like, you know, Cosmos uh, and Ethereum, you can stake, but you can't unstake. So that's interesting. Tell us yeah, a bit so, about how Cardano is different. Yeah, I think so. To I'll use Ethereum as an example. So Ethereum staking isn't done yet. Like they're still building it. I got to give them credit for that. Ethereum is still building out staking. Currently it's locked. They started using the term liquid staking after we've been using it on Cardano for a long time. Their version of liquid staking is you lock your Ethereum and they give you a receipt. Here's a piece of paper or actually a digital piece of paper that's a token that says you locked your Ethereum. So if you lock it on Lido or somewhere else, you get a receipt that says what? And then somehow they there's a shell game and somehow that becomes total value locked. Okay, great. Have fun with that. I sold my Ethereum for ADA. Okay, that's, I'm good. Uh, if you have fun doing that, then great. Float your boat. Uh, but the way Cardano staking works is it uses Ouroboros. And now Pol Polkadot has adopted the Ouroboros model. And the way the Ouroboros model works is you have ep epics and snapshots where your aid is always liquid, uh, the the blocks that are currently being produced for the ADA that you're holding today are being produced based off the stake, what it was two, two epochs ago, right? When that snapshot occurred, then that epoch elapsed five-day period, five days per epoch, and then the block production occurs based off that stake. So if I buy brand new ADA today off the exchange, I put it in a brand new wallet and I stake it, it's going to be end of epic plus 15 days before I start getting the rewards. The ADA is always liquid. But if an epic turned over, so the epic turned over yesterday. So if I hold it in my wallet for four days, I can do whatever I want. I can go over to Indigo and I can get IBTC with it, the synthetic asset. I can do whatever I want, buy NFTs. But if there was a snapshot that has that ADA in it, I'm going to get rewards on that ADA. So the Ouroboros model, the way it was designed, you don't have to use Haskell code. Polkadot uses something else, some other code. They just use the higher level model of how the staking and snapshots work, right? And, and with Cardano... It was just thought out ahead of time and say, well, I don't, I don't want to lock my coins. I want to do whatever I want with my coins. Okay. And so they solved that uh, back in 2016, 2017 with the research before they built the Shelly version of the mainnet, which is now in the Gogan version of the mainnet. Um, yeah. So that's where you, your coins are. Your ADA is never locked. Now, if you want to lock it in a smart contract, if you want to put ADA towards um, an Indigo product or you want to pair it, and put it in a liquidity pool on measly swap or Sunday swap, uh, and then migrate that over to a yield farm, you, you can lock that ADA. And as long as you're using, no, anything can be hacked. Remember that anything can be hacked. People write bad code by accident. Some people write bad code on purpose, right? But as long as you have a pretty good reputable piece of code for your wallet, and you're using a pretty solid DEX, you can be pretty rest assured that your funds are okay. And you, you can uh, lock that ADA and you can earn rewards just like you do on Ethereum and Polkadot and Algorand and everything else. Um, and Ergo, Ergo, man, that's my next big one. I'm <laughs> digging deep in Ergo. I'm diving into that one.
So, uh, so, yeah, so, so anyway, the Orbos models what keeps your ADA from being locked. Sorry, I went on at length there. No, it's good. So, so if I can get a bit of an understanding of how staking on Cardano may be different than staking on, on other chains. Uh, you it's very on... easy. Staking on Cardano is so easy. It's like, that's what I hear from a lot of people who are new to Cardano. Is they're like, wow, this is easy to do. You just click on it and you click stake. You find a stake pool. You got you can select from thousands of community pools. There are thousands and thousands of community pools out there. Um, it's not this big monolith like Lido. You, you know, your your top three choices are these three monolithic kind of centralized entities. Uh, you have pools that are uh, mission driven. You have pools for all different shapes and sizes and likes and dislikes, right? You just go find one. You'll find one out there. There's, if you have some particular interest, you'll find it. It's out there. So let's talk a bit about decentralization and how Cardano is different from decentralization. You mentioned earlier that, you know, at the Genesis block, there was some distribution of stake. Uh, how should we think about decentralization and how does Cardano shine compared to other blockchains? Well, I think um, I don't compare it to other blockchains too much. I just I just know how it works on Cardano. Um, it's completely permissionless. Anyone can spin up a node. Anyone can spin up a stake pool. The hardest part at this point is marketing. Okay, and you you and I both know marketing is like whew, that. That it takes a lot of work in crypto. It takes a lot of work. So completely permissionless. You don't have to ask anyone's permission to deploy a stake pool. You don't have to wait in line or, or just a node. Let's say you're deploying an infrastructure node, an edge node that connects to a wallet, a dApp. You want to make sure your dApp has high performance, you know, well connected. You can, you got all these different services, you know, you got Blockfrost. Uh, there's all these different things out there that you can use to connect to a network. If you build a dApp uh, or an application that you want to interact with the blockchain, you got all these different services you can use or make your own easily easy to deploy in order to connect to the blockchain so i think it's both you got the stake distribution it's highly distributed um you don't have a huge concentration of whales uh i love collecting ada you know bear market i just it's like dude i can buy more ada i just i picked up a bag at 46 cents i picked up a bag at 31 cents i saw it going down towards the 24 cents i was like damn son <laughs> I'm just going to step back and get my bearings a little bit here and see where this thing's going. So. <laughs> and I, I think I just have to, you know, kind of pop up here as, as we, you know, do talk about price. None of this is financial advice. So definitely do your own research. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 Not financial. I'll just speak. I, I mean, people ask me, say, what do you do? Well, this is what I do, but it's not yeah. advice. That's just, you want to see somebody get wrecked. Watch what me or Vanessa does, especially <laughs> Vanessa. My nickname for Vanessa drip drops was the Hulk. I said, what the Hulk say on Twitter today? Let me go check it out. What's she doing today? <laughs> you got their degening on all kinds of chains. I got handed to you, Vanessa. You get your degen on all these different chains. You do pretty good. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, so the, the last thing I wanted to touch on as far as kind of the bull case for Cardano is NFTs. Uh, and I don't know how deep you are into the NFT community, but maybe you could talk just a little bit about, uh, you know, the NFT scene on Cardano. Um, I would say I'm, west, I'm about waist deep. I'm not neck deep. I'm about waist deep in the NFTs, right? So I find the NFTs interesting because they, they, hold, they hold value. They, they're tokenomics. I mean, so, so some of them go to zero. Or some of them just kind of die off, right? Uh, I find them interesting. Some of them are kind of like lottery tickets with a pretty wrapper. Uh, 
but you have functional NFTs such as ADA handles and soon to become ADA sub handles, which help you keep track of where your wallet is, what's the name of your wallet, makes it easy to identify for yourself. And um, you also have DIDs and other forms of NFTs coming out. So there's a lot of different use cases for NFTs. What I find interesting is the NFT community as it relates to art and community and themes, they tend to find these themes that they like, right? Uh, I actually have them pulled up. Can you share my screen and I'll go through a couple of them? I'll hit, is that okay? Yeah, let's go ahead and do so that. I'm, 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 a, I'm kind of like waist deep. So you got these different tools. You got cnft.tools, right? And here you can find things like your floor prices and you can find the different themes. You got the Ape Society. These, these puppies are really cool. Uh, I know it's, let me zoom in a little bit here on that screen. That's hard to see. Right. So these uh, these are some of the top NFTs. I'm not sure what's listed here by, but it looks like it's the seven day volume. Um, ape Society's Clay, Space Buds. These are OGs. So I got a Space Bud. I don't have an Ape or a Clay. I need to get into some of that. I've been keeping an eye. I'm like, man, how and why do some of these pop and how and why do some of these die off? Uh, Ori Mob, all these are big. Book Token. Um, I've got some old school OG NFTs I've been giving away on Twitter where I minted a shit ton of NFTs and I'm like, man, I minted too many. I need to spread them out, spread some of that love around a little bit. Um, so yeah, you got cnft.tools where you can look up all kinds of stuff on the NFTs, kind of like as a third party, what's going on on the network. And then you got stores like Token, JPEG Store. And sometimes you hear people say, oh, well, the... Uh, user experience on Cardano is something, something. And I, I'm, I'm questioning whether or not those people ever used Cardano because I use all these websites often. I've used them plenty and they work fantastic. They work incredibly well. Um, they work equally. Good. How good a, a website works doesn't matter about the blockchain. How good a website works doesn't matter about the blockchain. How good a website works matters on how well the front end developer made the website. So the more people you can attract into Web3 to make these beautiful websites that work extremely well, uh, the better off you do. Here we got uh, over on JPEG's store, you got Buds, Clay, Pavia. Uh, Pavia and Cornucopius are huge metaverse um, projects uh, where you can get land, domes, uh, creatures or something, different objects uh, that they have available. So you can see on JPEG store, great user experience over here. All you do is you hit connect wallet. I got my wallet connected. I'm not going to open my wallet on a live stream. I might have some not safe for work <laughs> NFTs in there, like the Cardano waifus or something. Um, you got the, uh, so drip for fun. So that's for non-fungible tokens. You got NMaker. And NMaker, next week you're going to be able to, well, I don't know when they're launching it. Next week, Jed is going to launch. And shortly after that, NMaker, you're going to be able to buy your NFTs with Jed. You're going to buy your NFTs with Stablecoin. You can already buy NFTs on NMaker with a Visa card. And on JPEG Store. You can buy it with a, you can buy it with a Visa. You can buy on JPEG Store. You can buy with uh, Ethereum. Uh, you you could buy these NFTs with Ethereum if you want. Um, that's for non-fungible tokens. Fungible tokens, you got like Drip Drops, um, Tosi Drop. You got all the DEXs where you can go pick them up. You have faucets made by a lot of the 
coin developers. So like on drip drops, if you go to explore projects, you can see all these different uh, fungible tokens that are available through that website, through, through that it's a uh, runs on Cardano blockchain. Um, and now look how sexy these websites are. Here's music swap. Here's tap tools. Okay. And people talk about the user experience. This looks a whole lot. This looks really good. Tell me that doesn't look good. <laughs> okay. Now to a new user, they might say it's too complicated. That's right. If it looks too complicated, you, you want to learn a little bit more, take your time, you know, ease into it. Uh, but it, it looks great. And the user experience is great. You just connect your wallet and you're up and running. Put a little bit of aid in there. Um, tap tools, another amazing, this is fungible token as opposed to non-fungible token. So you have all these different uh, tokens available on tap tools, charts. Look at this stuff. Here's LQ. Look at that. Going to the moon, baby. Look at that. LQ token taking off. Um, this is like the coin market cap of Cardano right here. Tap tools is amazing. Taptools.io. And I feel like maybe that's something that people who are perhaps new to an ecosystem struggle with is, is how to find the suite of tools that they're used to. Like you mentioned, this is the coin market cap of Cardano. Cardano. Is there a place people can go to get like, here's the list of all the things I need to know um, uh, getting started in Cardano? Yeah. So a good place to start is Cardano Cube right here. This is one of them. Super awesome. cool website. Um, look, it even has, you know, there's there's uh, rugs and shit. That's over here on Graveyard. So you click Graveyard. If, it, if the project shut down due to either funding or whatever the case may be, they end up over here in the graveyard. Either they stopped mm -hmm. communicating, they stopped updating, they stopped building. You'll find them in the graveyard. It happens on every blockchain. It's not blockchain specific, right? This is specific to Cardano, but uh, rugs and failures happen all over the planet. So be aware of that. Right. And I think that's important for people to to take account of is just because it's a blockchain project and they have a token and you can buy the token, 97% of small businesses fail. <laughs> these are no different. So I think yeah. that's an important point. And some of these small businesses fail on purpose. <laughs> that that gotta, is more unique to crypto. <laughs> that is more unique to crypto. And they're like... Uh, some some of them set up to do a rug and they, they try to make it look like incompetence, but it's not. It was designed to fail from the beginning. They're just trying to get the layer one coin liquidity out of the people, juice it out of them. Um, so but let's focus on all the good stuff we got here. We also you know, we always want to touch on what things that can go wrong, but we also want to touch on these are all the awesome things. So you can see the websites are incredible, the user experience is fantastic. They're easy to use. You hit the button, you connect your wallet, you can explore the website, find the information you want in places like Tap Tools, buy the tokens you want, Measly Swap, Sunday Swap, uh, MinSwap. MinSwap is killing it. They have all kinds of great stuff going on there. Um, and then you have Indigo and other protocols. Uh, I, I don't have the Lending Pond or um, Optum pulled up right now, but over on Indigo, you could see. They make a very easy, user-friendly website, and you can get synthetic assets like iBitcoin 
I Ethereum, I USD. I wonder how accurate that I USD rate is. Oh, look at that. That I USD, it's kind of hard to see on the screen. I don't know if that's going to show it. 1.006 USD. So that, that what that does is it uses the ADA to represent the value of the token. Very nice. Pretty cool. And I'm like, okay, so now I now that I see that, let me go over here on tap tools and find out what is IUSD doing. And then I can find it here on MinSwap. What is the price over on MinSwap? And it's 2.76 ADA to the dollar, 2.7. You run the math, figure out, you know, where's that actually sitting? I love and, that. And you uh, asked about TVL earlier. This is where you can find a lot of cool TVL depth. You get your TVL data over here on tap tools. Awesome. Yeah, I was just going to comment. It looks like there's, you know, $10 million worth of liquidity in the uh, I, I, uh, USD as well. Let's see. Uh, let me find, right. Oh, let me look it up again. I got to retype it. Sick. Oh, let me try IBTC. USD. Total volume traded right here with the swap arrows. Awesome. So I think, you know, one of the criticisms that's perhaps died down over the last few months is that Cardano is a ghost chain. Um, I think what you're showing yeah. here is, is a refutation of that particular, you know, point of FUD. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I've got another screen up here. So Cardano's ghost chain. Okay. Um, here's an example of the ghost chain. Uh, yesterday, the max TPS was at like 7.9. And it was right after the turn of the epic, it was hanging around 7.2 TPS. And you'll hear people say, oh, Cardano only does one transaction per day. Stuff like that. Okay. Well, who cares? They don't know what they're talking about. I already, I already ran the math. Do you know how many transactions per second you would have to have to have a global blockchain use? I already did the math. 92,000 transactions per second for global blockchain use. 92,000 transactions per second. Ethereum does 15 transactions per second. I think we're no going to need a few more care. blockchains. <laughs> yeah, no one's going to care. That's why Hydra, Cardano's not done yet. Hydra is part of Basho. Basho is the next era that we are just beginning. And Hydra is fast. Sunday Swap did a demonstration of Hydra at Rare Blue. They had it running on testnet, as most Cardano developers do. They're very thorough about testing things on the testnet before they turn you into a victim. Uh, they want to make sure you're a happy customer, so they test their stuff on testnet. And it was insanely, ridiculously fast. And I'll talk a little bit more about Hydra later. But anyway, here's the current yeah. transactions per second, if you want to look it up. Uh, I, I don't care if anyone's this. out there saying, Cardano only does two transactions per second. Okay, they're an idiot. They don't know what they're talking about. Okay, thanks, Evan <laughs> well, Van Ness. Let's link it Sorry. here, because I, you know that is something that has some bearing in truth, right? The actual TPS, as you're showing here, is you know two point something per second. Yeah. Um, and some people could interpret that as meaning that the blockchain isn't really used at all. You know, two transactions a second um, compared to Solana folks would talk about hundreds of thousands of transactions per second. 
Right, but they're full of crap. Uh, what the, <laughs> what's happening is on Solana, they're counting the consensus mechanisms. They're counting the consensus transactions. Uh, they're saying, oh, look, hundreds of thousands of transactions per second. I don't know how many people are using it. I have no idea. But there, I'm seeing a lot of chains that are using consensus messages to count in transactions per second. That is not users. That is bots and computers and nodes talking to each other where Cardano doesn't have to do that because it's extremely efficient. Okay, the cool things about Cardano, you can take the screen share down if you want. Um, so the thing about with, with Cardano, it's designed to be extremely efficient. For example, the core encryption, the EC25519 compared to the SECP256 encryption, you can get the same strength with only 384 bytes of data using Cardano's EC25509 as it takes 3,072 bytes of data on SECP256. Okay, you get the same strength with only 394 bytes you get on three kilobytes of data using the other type. That's just one example of the efficiency. Um, we were going to talk about UTXO models well. There's just a lot of efficiencies there. Uh, Trade-offs to the user. Does it matter to the user? Not really. Yeah, as so let, let's linger get stolen. a little bit on, but, uh, you know, transactions within a transaction. As we've been talking about TPS, what does that mean? What is Cardano yeah. going on there? So in Cardano, like on drip drops, and sometimes when people do airdrops or certain types of NFT uh, deployments, you can do at drip drops, we hit a maximum of 37 transactions per transaction. That means that one transaction contains, well, it's up to four. So let's say four users within one minute use drip drops. Okay. And again, we're talking about layer one. We're, Hydra isn't even out yet. Hydra's on testnet. Hydra is still in testing. So you have ADA and 10 native assets. And the only reason we limited it to one ADA and 10 native assets, that's 11 tokens per user. And if four different users show up, you have up to 44 transactions per transaction. And what that does is it's a more efficient use of the blockchain space. Um, it's more efficient use of the transaction there's um, Adam Dean, I think, hit 199 transactions per transaction. I think the highest I've ever seen was 284. I don't know how high it goes. Um, probably figure it out with the math. But that's just how many transactions are inside one transaction, which is a function of a UTXO model. On Ergo, they went over. That's a proof of work uh, EUTXO model. And Ergo's hit over 9,000 transactions per transaction. So what so, you're saying is the the 2.4 transactions per second, you could unwrap it, and some of those could contain 100 transactions within them. So it's not exactly correct to say it's 2.4. It's 2.4 multiplied by yeah. how many transactions are in those transactions. Right, right. And in the big scheme of things, it doesn't even matter because until we hit 92,000 transactions per second, who cares, right? Um What's the difference between two per second? Now, I know it has to do with how much people are using it, how much people are using the blockchain, right? So how many seconds are in a day, right? How many, how many people are using it? How many people need a flash loan on Cardano? Well, they don't. You don't need flash loans on Cardano, um, or at least it doesn't do flash loans, right? Because of different blockchains. If you want flash loans, go use Ethereum, okay? You can go get flash loans over there. I've never needed a flash loan in my life, so <laughs> I, don't, I don't miss it. 
Does, I don't miss you, it at all. You, you don't um, want to manipulate governance how many trades, flash loans? No, no, I don't want to manipulate the market with flash loans. I'm, I'm just not into that kind of stuff. Um, some people are. Have fun, right? People who play poker lose money to people who play poker. People who play poker win money from people who play poker. People who gamble make money from people who gamble. If you want to gamble, go gamble, right? <laughs> uh, that's fine. That's perfectly fine. Uh, that's just not my thing. If you want to trade in, I like trading NFTs and getting NFTs and holding them. That's kind of my thing. Um, and, and some of the fungible tokens as well. Uh, so, um, I mean, I think we need to, to ask the question that's probably on everyone's mind. When is Cardano going to get smart contracts? I don't know. Maybe next year. <laughs> it's tough, right? So, I mean, I think that's that's an important part to consider is you're buying into a blockchain that, yeah, we have smart contracts on Cardano. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But- one, of the, one of the weaknesses, to be fair, though, one of the weaknesses on Cardano is, is concurrency optimization is still in progress, right? You can't just copy and paste uh, a smart contract from uh, an EVM-based chain. You can't just copy and paste Solidity so the engineers out there, they're still finding ways to optimize concurrency. <clears throat> the current method is to use batchers. Now, that's one of the advantages of, of UTXO is you can validate a transaction off-chain. So off-chain, you can say, is this valid? Will this transaction, in fact, execute? Yes, it will. Commit to the chain, and it executes. And it, it, you don't lose your money. The transaction doesn't fail, and, and, and you lose your ADA. Right? That doesn't happen. Okay. Um, so you, you do have that ability that is like that the UTXO model provides, but one of the trade-offs is, is concurrency is still, the optimization is still needed. There's still work in progress in that area. And that's where, you know, if you have multiple transactions sitting out there, like in an automated market maker, I don't know how it works under the hood because I don't write the code, but if, if you want it to work on Cardano, you have to have batchers off-chain collecting up all the transactions and then saying, okay, these are the transactions that fit together, go ahead and execute, and it sends it back onto the chain, um, which is fine for now. I'm sure it'll get more decentralized as time goes on. Right now, there's some very centralized versions of concurrency solutions. Uh, Sunday Swap does pretty good with decentralizing the batching process. Uh, so that the, the DEX is more DEXy like. Awesome. So, so the other um, concern, as you mentioned, a little bit about you know centralization, perhaps of of some of the the DEX operations that's been worked on, is earlier you mentioned that the the keys were essentially split between three organizations. Couldn't those folks just do whatever they wanted, um, uh, you know, and decide at one point to rug the entire Cardano blockchain? <laughs> well, they could, but they'll get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, can I break the law? Sure. <laughs> uh, let's use an example. So could they use the keys to change a network parameter? Yes. You know, I don't know how much power those keys have. Like, are they like the infinity stones where if I get all six infinity stones, <laughs> I snap my fingers, right? <clears throat> so currently... The keys have been used to initiate hard forks. They've been used to initiate network parameter changes whenever you want. Let's say you want to increase the block size from 88 kilobytes to 120 kilobytes. They'll have to sign the certificate. You have to have a majority of keys sign it and say, yes, go ahead and do it. Could they do it? They could. They'll probably get in trouble. They'll get yelled at by the Cardano community. 
if they do something that doesn't have that people are not okay with, they might, they're going to get backlash. Um, I'll give you an example. When Cardano nodes upgraded to 1.35.3, you saw that we got into some debates on Twitter. It wasn't drama. Drama is just garbage, right? Debates are important, right? You're trying to find a solution when you're debating things. Some people call it a drama, and I think, no, this, this needed to be debated. And 135, 0, 135, 1, and 135, 2, those all got, they all got green lighted for mainnet release. Or 135, 0, 135, 1 to say, okay, you can go and upgrade to it on mainnet. But then it was very quickly said, wait a second, there's something not exactly right here. And it was all community feedback. The community, Cardano community, node operators, and Cardano community developers catch things and they say, ah, this doesn't look good. Uh, Don't have have a warm fuzzy. We have a comment from um, Serpent here that talks about 51% of the stake pool operators need to accept changes. I, how, how much of this is true for different aspects of the system? That's exactly where I was going with this. So whenever whenever it was green light and set up, everyone upgraded to 135.3, only 20% of the stake pool operators upgraded. 80% said no. 80% said no, I'm not upgrading to 135.3. There you go. And they said, I want to hear what Adam Dean has to say. I want to hear what Andrew Westberg has to say. I want to hear what Martin and Marcus have to say. And then, and then they upgraded, but not until then. And there, that is decentralization. So the question was, can they do whatever they want with those keys? They can try, but they're not, it's, it's not going to go easy. <laughs> it's not going to go easy. Uh, there you go. So that was a good example. And Sarah Curran and I see you on Twitter a lot. Thanks for your support on Twitter, bro. Bro, I appreciate it. Thanks for your comments here in, in the uh, YouTube channel as well. Thank you. Yeah, we so have I hope a... that answers the question. Uh, so you, yeah. the node operators both might say, uh-uh, sorry, I'm not upgrading yet, or whatever the case may be. Um, so we had a couple of questions come in before we get on to the next section. Just wanted to give some some time for folks from chat. Uh, Simplified Crypto was asking, Rick, if you had any advice for someone with no official tech experience who wants to, to transition to a career in the Cardano ecosystem? Okay, great question. All right. Crypto needs marketers. Go check out DC Spark's website. Go check out IOG's website. Go check out Cardano Foundation. They're all hiring. IOG last year had 400 employees. They now have 507. Cardano Foundation last year was around 22, 23. Cardano Foundation now has like, I don't know, like 40 or 50 employees. I have no idea how many employees they have. Not everybody puts every employee picture on the website. I just know a ton of people hired by Cardano Foundation. Emergo just launched USDA. So marketing, project management, um, business development. If you have skills in any of those areas, go check out their websites. There is no one-stop shop. That's what happens in a decentralized system. Me and Sebastian Guillermo have talked about this. Sebastian DC Spark. Go check out DC Spark website. The way they find people is they have to hunt and pack. You can't just go on LinkedIn. You can't just hire a headhunter. Uh, you, you can't just go to cryptodev.com 
and start hiring people. It's hunt and peck, hunt and peck. And eventually the right people find the right people. The connection is made and they get hired. So if you want a job in Web3, just go out there and start clicking on our website, click careers. Almost every one of them have a careers on their website and also check their Twitter. Don't be afraid to DM them. There's what will happen is some of these project managers and hiring managers out there, uh, they need certain talent and they have different priorities. Like, do we need marketing right now? Do we need developers right now? Do we need project management biz dev? And they get busy. So if you ping them, that might be just the ping they were waiting for and say, oh, snap, we needed that guy. We needed that gal. We needed that person. Boom, and they snatch you up. Yeah, another thought I'm just going to drop into the chat here as well. If you haven't seen, it's a website yeah. called web3.career. And th this is not focused on Cardano, but it's web3 in general. So if you're looking for roles in web3, and as Rick is saying, it's it's across the board. It's not just engineers. It's it's lots of different roles. Yep, yep. Yeah, it's uh, any job that you'll find in the general industry outside of manufacturing heavy equipment, you're going to find in the blockchain space. Just make sure you screen your employer. Don't take the first job that comes up. Make sure you're joining a team that you can really like, you can vibe with them. You believe in the mission. You want to make something happen. That, that, that's what my suggestion is. And find that team, find that thing. When you Just start hammering away. Start hammering away. You, they'll get you. Oh, oh, great suggestions. Thank you. We, we had a comment from Sir Cloud based on your, the discussion we had about decentralization. Um, and he's asking for your thoughts on Emergo and IOG essentially rejecting debate um, around the minpool cost pledge and K parameters. I don't know what all those are, but I have heard a, that there is some debate around that. So I'm wondering if you could comment a bit, Rick. Uh, yeah. So that's not correct. They didn't reject it. Um, they put out surveys and they sent the surveys out to all the stake pool operators. It was available in the Cardano stake pool best practices groups, available on Discord. Um, they very broadly broadcasted surveys to get stake pool operator inputs on those parameters, including min pool cost and the K parameter. And the stake pool operators filled out and submitted surveys. So those who participate will be heard. Those who participated will be heard. Um, then they assembled a group of stake pool operators. Now, I don't know the status of that. I don't go in there and monitor what they're doing. They got a group of pool operators who are proficient. They didn't just pick the average Joe, average Susie. Uh, they got proficient people to say, okay, go ahead and read these surveys and get from that what data we need. Now, the, um, I, I don't think they ever ignore debate. I've never seen, well, I can't speak for every instance, but I've never seen a complete pushback on any debate. There, there's always been open ears somewhere. And it's not just because I've been around Cardano for a while. They're, they're out there actively soliciting inputs for this kind of stuff. And I think they're also looking for Voltaire because you can imagine what if they change a parameter and things get all messed up, right? They would rather put it to a community vote, say, what do the users of the chain want? What do you, what do you want? Here's some surveys. Let's get your inputs. Uh, Voltaire isn't done yet. We're partly into Voltaire. We only have Project Catalyst. We have limited on-chain voting, but uh, we'll see. So anyway, I hope that answers your question. Did I answer your question okay? 
I think I got that all right. Yeah, if you if you have any other thoughts, Sir Cloud, feel free to drop them in chat. We can we can address them. Um, and then last question I had um, from Gary was a little bit about regulation. So something kind of near and dear to, to my heart as well is around privacy. Um, where where does regulation go next? Do they come for wallets? How do we ensure privacy? Um, yeah. So uh, that's a great question, Gary. Thank you for that. Um, I try not to focus on the regulators. I want to focus on the legislators. Okay. The regulators, they're just a stick, okay? The legislators are the hand that holds the stick. So you want to focus on the legislators. Regulators can't write laws. They can take a law and, and then make definitions of what they think applies to that law and then use those rules that support the law, which is a good thing. You know, It's, it's a good process. And they even put these rules out for public review. And I'm, I'm trying to keep my eye out for one. Thanks for reminding me, Gary. The next one I'm looking for is some definitions from one of the regulators, right? So that's where you got to be careful is when they start making definitions because they can take a cryptocurrency and take laws that have been around for 20 years and just write a definition where you take these 20-year-old laws and it inserts the cryptocurrency into that law. If it's relevant... You're okay. If it's not relevant, you're kind of screwed. And they, they do that all the time. For example, in Cardano, they put a definition in there that made stake pool operators brokers. Stake pool operators on Cardano are not brokers. Stake pool operators have no custody of anybody else's data. Right? We don't. So they're not brokers. So they, they screwed up. And so they've they, regulators had to tell the IRS uh, on said, okay, just ignore that uh, because, oops, you screwed up. Or legislators had to tell. So focus on the legislators and make sure you hold them to task because they're elected. Regulators are not. They tend to be ingrained in government for years, and and they have nothing better to do but just write rules. I guess I think they get, I think they get paid for every sentence. Every time they write a new sentence, you get some more money for writing more sentences and writing more rules. I don't know how it works. I, I would love that job. <laughs> Focus on the freaking legislators because they're the ones who can change the laws and make the laws friendly to crypto. Um, will the regulators come after wallets? Only if we let them. If they do something you don't like, you fight them. You go out there on social media and you push back hard and you hit your elected representatives hard with tact and diplomacy. Tact and diplomacy. Be nice. Hit them hard. Cool. Great advice. I'll come after the wallets. I'm going right back at them as hard as I can. <laughs> going back. I'm going at them as hard as I can. And that's what everybody needs to do. If one guy's doing it, you're just screaming into a freaking shit can. If you got a thousand people, 10,000, a hundred thousand people doing it, you can win that fight. So if they go after the wallets, we go back after them. We go after the legislators, we go after the elected people. That's how we do it. That's how we win. So we, we've covered a lot of topics over the last you know, hour and some. Rick, thank you for, for being so generous with your time. Um, before we close, I, I did want to hear, like, what are you most excited for in Cardano coming up in 2023, maybe even looking out to 2024? Okay, so for the second hour of this show. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. We, we might have to do a V2 uh, of, the, of the show. Okay, so for the second hour of this show. No, I'm just kidding. 
All right. What did we, uh, did we hit all the FUD busting? Okay. Yeah. I think we hit all the FUD busting. Um, <clears throat> all right. I had to, I had to type this out. I had to write it out because there's so much. Oh, the network anomaly. You wanted to hit on that too. Do you want to hit the network anomaly? Oh, yeah. We'll let, let's bolt. do that before we get it. So, so I heard that um, Cardano uh, either shut down or stalled, or depending on who you believe, what happened? Uh, this okay. was just recent in the last. It did not shut down. It did not stall. It had minor degradation for a brief period of time. So, for a few minutes, there was mild degradation, and for the next few hours, there was very slight degradation. There's a huge difference. I've been working with massively complex systems my entire life. What happened last week was like pff, nothing, man. Who cares? I'm not just blowing it off because I'm a Cardano stake pool operator and I got all my skin in that game. I'm telling you because I've worked with complex systems for a very long time. That was not a big deal. That was not catastrophic. Where's Adam Dean when I need him? Adam, I need a... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so... <clears throat> um. No, that was a minor degradation. What happened is there was an anomaly. It, it's not believed to have been an attack on the network. Some of the nodes didn't handle it well. Some of the nodes ignored it. Some of the nodes kept running. So about 60% of the nodes were affected. Some of them restarted and they were good to go. Some of them got stuck, depending on how they were configured. Uh, the For a couple of minutes... 40% of the nodes carried the network. Perfectly fine. All the ned, all the edge nodes continued to run. Perfectly fine. So what they're probably going to do is they're probably going to put in some hardening, put some code in there that says, hey, if anything unknown, so there's two, two things. Uh, put a piece of code in there that says, if anything unknown happens, send it over to this bucket, right? Dump it in the bit bucket. Just some robustness handling in there for whatever that anomaly was. Um, and then another thing is some external monitoring, some TCP-based monitoring to where it can say, okay, if an event occurs, because whatever the event was, it wasn't captured on chain, so therefore the data is lost. So we don't, we don't know what happened. We don't know what caused it. Put some extra monitoring external to the blockchain, external to the system. So if a message or a transaction or an event occurs that causes that to happen again, you can capture it. And then put in a precise piece of code that will handle that condition precisely. I'm actually surprised it took this long for something like that to pop up. I was expecting it for the last two years. I'm like, oh, you know, uh, the ITN operators, the operators that were on the Rust based, uh, that code was not built to spec, right? That code was built to, te to test the incentive. Uh, models and to test certain throughput parameters and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it was hell. It was hell. Uh, you know, crashes were daily, but that was to refine the Haskell code and make sure the Haskell code was good to go out the gate. So with two and a half years, minor hiccup, uh, the fault tolerant network responded appropriately. It tolerated the fault and kept running. So I'll give you an example. I, I love doing analogies. Sometimes people make fun of me. Okay, imagine you have a, a network of buses. People ride the bus, right? They get on the bus. They ride the bus. Even the best bus drivers miss the bus stop once in a while. Even the fastest buses break down once in a while. But because you have this huge network of buses moving everybody around, you know, at the end of the day, everybody gets where they need to go. And that's what happened. 
the bus broke down. Okay, whatever. The rest of the buses kept running, sent the backup bus in. We're good to go, right? Somewhere there, I think it's an ad for Elon Musk's boring tunnel thing. Yeah, that'd be... <laughs> the bus breaks down, just buy a Tesla. No? Yeah. Um, yeah, sorry, I went on a little bit there. So, so we got the network anomaly covered. Uh, they're, they're analyzing it. They'll put some code in there. Most of the nodes handled, it all, handled already anyway. If they have to restart, they restart. Some of them may have ignored whatever the problem was. Uh, but it was a pretty fault-tolerant system, responded pretty well to an anomaly. Um, I don't think anyone believes it was any sort of attack. Awesome. And... That, that's a great summary. And, it's, you know, another thing I've noticed that keeps coming up is something will happen and it will gain uh, momentum. Um, and, and perhaps be blown out of proportion. So thank you for clarifying. Yeah, sure, no problem. Uh, let, let's let's move to 2023 and, and what you're excited for. <laughs> All right. I get excited easily. Okay. Uh, first of all, Marlowe is one of the big ones where it uses Blockly, where individual people can make smart contracts with visual aids. Um, that Marlowe has been in development for a very long time and in testing for a very long time. And uh, I don't know why it's not deployed yet, but I think there's a reason why it isn't. And I think that is they need the developers to deploy all the decks and FT marketplaces, all these different tools that we went over earlier in the podcast and then get that developer feedback. What do people actually want to do with blockchain? What are they looking for? What products are successful? Um, and then deploy Marlowe. And I'll give you an example. Let's say a real simple version. Let's say you and I want to trade an N. You have an NFT. I have some ADA. You want to sell me that NFT. Now, what's the problem if I go into Discord or Telegram and I DM you and say, hey, here's my wallet address. Send me the NFT and I'll send you the ADA. That's a problem, right? Because I might have the wrong Vanessa. Or I might be the wrong Rick. <laughs> or as often happens in Discord, someone pretending to be Rick will come along yeah. and say, hey. Right. Uh, so with Marlowe, you can make, you take a little template and just say, okay, I'm going to use this template and say, all right, when person A drops an NFT in there and person B drops the ADA in, let's say the price is 10 ADA and I drop the NFT, you drop the 10 ADA, it executes atomic swap. I got the ADA, you got the NFT. Trustless, no middleman. That's a simple example. There's tons of uh, templates. There's thir thir 32 types of contracts cover pretty much every single contract in the entire world. That's why I'm bullish on Marlowe. So they have a lot of predefined contracts for lending, borrowing, trading, stuff like that over there on Marlowe. What that's going to do, the reason I'm bullish on that, it's going to put the power of smart contracts into the hands of financial experts. So the financial experts will not have to write the code. They can assemble the Blockly smart contract and they say, this person is locking this much for this long a period of time. This is the interest rate. As long as these requirements are met, they're going to get paid out at the end of the day, the end of the year or whatever, the end of the smart contract. <clears throat> so Marlo, uh, super bullish on. Um, let's see what else I have in here. Uh Near term, Jed, Shen, Liquid, all launching next week. Ultra bullish on that. So you have Jed and Shen launching where you can uh, mint Shen from a smart contract. That acts as the reserve coin for the Jed. You can mint Jed as a stable coin. 
Uh, if you hold Shen, you'll get ADA rewards for holding the Shen as Jed related transactions occur out on the network. You're going to get a little cut. So Jed and Shen, huge bullish on that. Uh, Liquid Protocol. Liquid has been in development for a long time. Right? Uh, Dwayne Cameron came on my Cardano Live podcast like a year and a half ago. Um, they have been building this whole time. So when they launch that product, that thing's going to be, I think we're going to be pleasantly surprised. Very what, what is Liquid for folks who aren't familiar? There's, I, you know, I can't go uh, into all the details of it, but basically, here, let me just pull it up. I got it right here on my website. So I'll pull Liquid up and we'll, we'll go over more on that. We just have a visual aid right there. But uh, they're just doing this liquidity uh, protocol, DeFi lending simplified, open source, algorithmic, algorithmic non-custodial interest rate protocol built for lenders, borrowers, and developers. Users can securely earn interest on deposits and borrow assets with ease while earning yield on ADA from four yield streams. And their Twitter is alive right now. So go check out their Twitter and... Check them out on Tap Tools as well if you like that kind of stuff. Oops, LQ. Let's let me go to the moon. Okay, so learn more about Liquid right there on our website. You can look up all the stuff, get your questions answered. Lending, borrowing, DeFi stuff. Um, the thing I, I really like about lending, borrowing, and DeFi, you can take that screen share down. Let's got another question on that. Um, is it gives people the ability to move out of the legacy stocks and bond systems and out of legacy um, bank systems. Now, that comes at a higher risk. Like, what the hell am I using? Right? What is this thing I'm using? Stocks are pretty well known. Shares are pretty well known. 401ks, IRAs, those have pretty well known properties. They have a a broker or an investment manager behind them, you know, trading in and out of things to balance your portfolios and stuff like that. When you get into DeFi, you're on, you're doing it on your own and you're taking a lot of that risk that they manage and you're putting it on yourself. So if you, when you get into stuff like liquid, make sure you read it thoroughly, check out Cardano whales, Twitter threads. That's the best place to get knowledge that I know of on how to use things like liquid. He's probably got a thread going right now. He does these weekly threads where he covers all the latest stuff going on in Cardano. And I don't know who that person is, but they appear very knowledgeable on DeFi and modern uh, stuff. I just got distracted by a booming sound. Did you hear that? I don't know what that was. <laughs> so we, we, we need to indulge in uh, just a little bit of speculation. Uh, who do you think Cardano Whale is? Is it Charles? Is it someone in the... It's not Charles. It's not Charles. I don't know who it is. I don't want to speculate. I don't want docs. Sometimes I get lucky with my guesses. I don't want to guess. Um, I did drop the the link for those of you who aren't following Cardano Whale uh, into the chat. So if you wanted to uh, follow and get some of these threads that Rick was mentioning, this is a good place to take a look. Yeah, go check out his weekly threads. And with everything launching, like Liquid, he's, he's either has one currently or will have one. And he'll just go into some of the ins and outs of how to use these tools. Uh, that person appears to be very proficient. I don't know who they are. I don't know who Cardano is. I, I actually can't even venture to guess right now. Um, although it's intriguing. It's an intriguing person. 
Um, uh, so so we, we talked about Mala. We talked a bit about Liquid and Jed and Shane coming up. What else are you excited for in 2023? Uh, Basho and Hydra. So Basho is an era. Hydra is a technology. So Hydra and the Hydra heads technology. Hydra is extremely fast. When I saw the Sunday swap demo, it was in, in nearly instantaneous. Um, Pi gave you the demo down there at, uh, at the Rare Bloom event. And the way Hydra works is uh, participants go off on a branch. And Hydra head has an unlimited speed. I have no idea how fast it can actually go. Um, there's no notion of blocks. There's only a notion of transactions and snapshots. So if you were to run something like an auction or my own personal take was a casino and you needed really high transaction speed at very low cost, things like auctions and casinos would be great examples of when to use a Hydra head in its current form. Okay. Now there's going to be, so Hydra, super bullish on that. Future forms of Hydra, you'll have in, intra-head Hydra where the heads will talk to each other. Basically, it'll become a complete ultra-high-speed layer two, layer 2 solution where it inherits all of the properties of the Layer 1 primary blockchain, but all those properties and rules are applied to that Layer 2 off-chain or Layer 2 solution um, at extremely high speed. So super bullish on um, Hydra, super bullish on Project Catalyst. Right now, there's a 1.1 billion ADA in Project Catalyst in the Treasury. Um, at the height of the last bull market, that would be worth $3.3 billion right now. That's $3.3 billion worth of development money. Okay, right now, the, that total value is what, about $400 million, $400, $500 million worth of development money. And the fact that Cardano had a lot of research and was built right to begin with, now you have a massive treasury to fund projects. And although Pro, uh, Catalyst was a little bit rough in the beginning there, that's to be expected. It was a, a new system. It was a new process. You get thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of people involved uh, going in all different directions, trying to figure out, you know, what should get funded? What should I make? What, what am I able to build? What, what does Cardano need? And it's kind of starting to come together. So uh, Voltaire, Catalyst, Governance, uh, member-based organizations where organizations are de uh, deploying how their organization or their DAO works on Cardano. Um, you know, eventually those Genesis keys, you might see them handed out to these member-based organizations, not handed out, but actually voted over and say, okay, so this organization has five keys, but now we have a professional association, professional developer association, professional pool operator association, professional marketing association. And they say, okay, um, this organization should have a key because they have the processes in place to support that, to support the trust, to have a key, a Genesis key to the network. And those keys might even be, be uh, partitioned. You make break, take one key and break it up into four or five different keys. So there's all kinds of really cool stuff you can do with Voltaire and the on-chain voting process. Now, the user experience has been less than desirable in the past. That will come with time, uh, the way it works. The actual vote is stored on the Jormungandr chain. Part of that is for privacy reasons. Like if you wanted to look up, if you did everything on the main chain, then people could go find out, okay, who has what NFT 
a handle on their profile and what did they vote for? And now I'm going to go solicit that person uh, for either vote buying mm -hmm. or coercion to try to get a vote in my favor. Right. So it's all done on a separate chain, but the user experience has gotten much better over time. And all of the wallets that I can, that I recall are supporting that. So voting Voltaire, um, member-based organizations, all those things. And also another side chains is massive where you're going to have the Cardano's Cardano main chain is going to be like a beacon chain. The side chain can connect and use a quorum of nodes for consensus purposes for validating the side chain. Right. Um, also another thing I'm super bullish on is the Dagum Rosenbridge. Dude. I want <laughs> what, what is that? <laughs> so, the Rosen Bridge is a bridge between Ergo and Cardano, and it can be used between Ergo and any other blockchain like Bitcoin, Ethereum, whatever. And it uses multi-sig. So the other chain only has to be multi-sig compatible. Now, the Rosen Bridge has been tested inside a test network by developers and proficient users, right? But it's you, instead of using smart contracts on the uh, other side of the bridge which is where a lot of hacks occur, it's not going to use smart contract. It's going to use multi-sig. And it'll have nodes called watchers and guardians, where watchers can see what means signed. Guardians can actually sign it. Um, and, these, and this network of nodes is going to operate on, it'll be able to see the other side of the bridge and users' transactions coming in and want to cross over. Let's say you're sending ADA to Ergo. It's going to become RS ADA. It goes into that multi-sig wallet and the watchers say hey this user wants to come across the bridge the watchers can alert the guardians the guardians can sign it and ada goes across the bridge without a smart contract <clears throat> on the ada side uh, there's smart contract on the ergo side but i don't know what that i don't know all the details of how that's working and uh yeah so Rosenbridge has been tested and i anticipate deployment this year no promises uh i can't speak for the developers but that's just my guess. So huge bullish on the Rosenbridge and ultimately Midnight. So you got Midnight coming out, um, which is a completely different chain than Cardano. It'll be a Cardano side chain with privacy preserving properties. And so the interesting thing about Midnight is it's kind of like programmable properties like who can verify the data? Okay, my medical records. Do I want Vanessa to see my medical records? No. Probably Do not. I want to post my medical <laughs> records on Twitter? No. But if I get injured and my in my last dying breath, I, I can tell them, my medical records is in my wallet. And then they go, oh, okay, we can look that up. Why? Because I gave them permission to see my medical records. Right? I didn't give Twitter permission. I didn't give YouTube permission. I gave my medical provider permission. I gave my medical provider permission. That's the important part. So, you know, the interesting thing about change and change management. Change comes in, there's three different things you got to look at. Technical, political, cultural, right? All change management falls into those three categories. Technical, political, cultural. You got to analyze all of them. And that's what privacy preserving side chains and new regulations. People freak out. People react in three different ways. Three different ways. They either like the change and they adopt it immediately. They don't care about the change and they go, eh, I don't care. Take it or leave it. Or they fight. 
the change. Those are the three types of reactions. So you can, so anytime you have a new thing come along, like a privacy preserving side chain, people say, let's compare it to Monero. Well, you can't really compare it to Monero. Monero is like ultra secure private. Nobody knows anything on Monero. All I know, if I go get money and I send it, you know more about Monero than I do, Vanessa. You can speak to Monero if you want. Uh, ultra secure and private, I think, did it. Ultra secure and private. Okay, <laughs> great. If you want ultra secure and private, use Monero. If you want to have the ability to say, I want to secure my data, and the only people you can see are the people that I say are allowed to see, that would be midnight. So, cool stuff. Anyway, awesome. bullish, bullish on all the above. Did so I make there, my bull case, Vanessa? Did I do I, good? I think you did a, a fantastic job, Rick. And uh, just to everyone who's listening along, if you did want to follow Rick on Twitter, he does have you know some great threads and expositions there as well. I've included a link to his account down in the description as well. So go give Rick a follow. Um, thank you. Uh, thank you for, for spending the time, Rick. Is there anything else you'd like to say before we close the show? Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, I greatly appreciate you have me come on here. I know you, you're very good at multi-chain and looking at all the different chains, especially the uh, layer two degenerate side. And I know sometimes <laughs> I get a little pushy with, with Cardano where I'm saying, hey, why are you beating up on Cardano? Come on. <laughs> but really what I'm doing is I'm trying to educate the viewers who happen to come by and read a thread and say, is there more to it, right? Is there more to it? So, yeah, and we, we're so early in everything. Um, I Oh, I'm just excited for where we'll be in five years from now. It's going to blow us away. Yeah, that's a good point. That's my last bull case. Interoperability. Boom. Yeah. Right? You got the EVM sidechain coming out. That's the last thing I want to say. Uh, e so, Milkomata is EVM layer two. But you also have the EVM Cardano sidechain uh, construction in progress where IOG is going to release like an example version of an EVM chain. So if someone already has a bunch of products built in Solidity, there's a ton of products in Solidity. Like Cardstack is an amazing, I mean, they, they make really cool stuff. I play around with it once in a while. And uh, you can put your EVM sidechain products in there, uh, launching your own set of nodes on this EVM sidechain. And then it just looks back to the Cardano main network, kind of like a beacon chain for consensus and security. Cool. Awesome. And that's it. Interoperability, well, multi-chain, being able to bridge through all these different chains. You got a little bit of a going on Cardano now, but like between Cardano Ergo, Cardano Mokamata, and then from Mokamata to Algorand. But I think uh, by the next, in the next couple of years, probably by next bull run, we're going to see a lot more interoperability among the chains. And we need it because 92,000 transactions per second is a lot. No one chain can do that. Awesome. If you are not bullish on Cardano after this, uh, rewind and watch again. And while you do it, please like, subscribe, do all the YouTube things. That would be much appreciated. Uh, Rick, thank you for joining me on the show. And I'll see you again soon. Thank you. I'm going to go buy some ADA. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Cheers.